Welcome back to Movie Issues. I am your host, Leland. I'm Don. I forgot my name for a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, Movie Issues, where sometimes we watch good movies. Uh, not this week. We're going back to the basics. Uh, we watched one of those movies that is so bad, it kind of comes around to good. Unfortunately, this isn't one of those, but it's still, you know what, subjective. In my memory... This was a great movie. I can't. I'm, I'm, I can't. I, I remember Dana Delena being all sexy. And, well, she was. And hot. And, and, and all and that was there. I thought Rosie was funny and that hysterical was, and, and Dan that, Aykroyd. The cheese stands alone. And then. <laughs> yeah. And then we, <laughs> so we watched the 1994 film uh, Gary Marshall directed and wrote called Exit to Eden. You know, that buddy cop movie that takes place <laughs> on a BDS and M island. You know, like you do. I it's, oh man, we were talking about Gary Marshall. We'll talk about him first because let's let's give positive up front, and then we'll end with some negative. There you go, Gary Marshall. I've always really kind of liked a Gary Marshall movie because big, I'm a sucker for a romantic comedy. Absolutely, and you know that's what you're getting with a Gary Marshall. There's the meet cute. Yeah. There's going to be a misunderstanding. Julia's going to run away, but you and Richard Gere are going to get back together. You know, like, and, and that's what I pay, that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? I, I, I love most of his movies. Yeah. Yeah, I brought some up where you were like, oh, I didn't know he did those. Like, now, Gary Mark, now, he's had his last, I'm going to go out and say last 15 years, he's kind of winding down into retirement. He's had some health issues. So, he's not making them as often as he used to. Sure. You know? Well, even, on the, even watching this movie at the, at the end, we watched a little behind-the-scenes thing. He was old in 94. Yeah, that was like 25 years ago 20, or something. 22 like, years ago. Yeah, he's old. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think his last big success was probably, uh, he did The Princess Diaries 1 and 2. Yeah, Disney okay. With, you know, Anne Hathaway. Did he do the second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, those made lots of money. Cute. You know, they, yeah, they're, they're fine. Yep. They're exact. They're cute for what yep. they are. You know what you're getting when you buy it. Uh, then he did like Valentine's Day, which I I I think made some money. I'm I not, think I'm I not saw really that on the sure. back of an airplane seat. Well, yeah, sure. Kind of a thing. And then and then he did New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Awful. <sighs> it's awful. I feel, wasn't that trying to be like a Love Actually? Well, that's what all these are. Type thing. Like, yeah, Love Actually came out and he did Got it. Valentine's Day. And it and wasn't. Then, no, and then he did insane. New Year's Eve and it still wasn't. And right. then, you know, for the trifecta, he's got one coming out this summer, I think next month, called Mother's Day. He's on this oh. holiday kick. All right. From the Love Actually train. And you're like, okay, well, are you going to do like... <laughs> I don't know. Is there a Halloween? President's Day. Arbor Day? Like, how many (laughs) holiday, romantic, pulp fiction, miss weird stories that all connect at the end do we got to sit through before you cover the holiday trifecta? This movie, Exit Eden, was, you know, mid 90s, so that's, that was, wasn't that his prime era? Yeah, and that's uh, what. League of Their Own. uh, Yeah, uh, I think that was like 91. But that that wasn't him, That that was Penny Marshall. Oh, well, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And she was riding off her success from Big, so she could fucking write right, any right, ticket right, in right. the world. Big made all the money, and then yeah, so did the League of Their Own. It made fantastic. all the money. All right, so the Marshall family. Yeah, and I, get, I don't <laughs> dislike their directing. I find them both to be very humorous yeah. people. I think they understand comedy. And then this movie comes around based on the Anne Rambling Slash Anne Rice. Anne Rice. She did yeah. a pseudonym, I guess. From, you know, 85, this weird movie about these two people that come to a BDSM island and fall in love. So, on one hand, there's one movie that is the Fifty Shades of Grey of 1994. Right. Where it's these two people are having the, you know, the bondage time of their life on an island, falling in love. And then Gary Marshall decides, oh, I can make a movie about that, but it's not funny. So let's shoehorn yeah. Dan Aykroyd and Rosie O'Donnell in this weird jewel heist plot. Totally random. That It's two movies in one that Correct. do not make sense together. Yes. It's either make your sexual fantasy romantic comedy, which was awful, 
or you make the Jewel Heist Buddy Cop movie, which also was awful. Right. So it's two movies in one that just are just a big steaming pile of poop. Yeah, because it really was. It was almost like if you could have taken Fantasy Island off of network TV. Yeah. And made it into what you really wanted it to be. Because Fantasy Island had the little comedy parts occasionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with Tattoo and his little hijinks. And then you had the sexy kind of stuff that got a little steamy, but they couldn't get to it. In, in Whereas Fantasy in this Island, movie, we get... Was it Mr. Rourke would only... It was like mm, three to maybe four stories per episode. Usually it was Usually three. Three, yeah. But sometimes they'd shoehorn like a little one yes. in there. But that, I, would, I would notice that one typically was more about maybe someone on the island already. Like Tattoo or himself. Correct. You know? But Mr. Rourke would... Now, I, I don't know. It, he's Q. <laughs> Is he God? Like, you never... The, the question mm, always correct. was, what right, was right, he? Right. And all those people's fantasies were always like, a conversation with my mother. Again. All right, that's great. Not a fantasy. You know, what if I that's would have fallen dream. in love with my childhood sweetheart? Okay, that's a fantasy. Correct. A conversation with, I don't know, Beethoven. Not really a fantasy. And then they <laughs> never did shit like that anyway. It was always like, oh, remember the one time I didn't save that person? I'm a firefighter and I let that person die. Now I get to save them. Yeah. And I feel good about myself. But then you go back from the island, that person's still dead. So not really fantasy. Got it. So the fantasy is, hi, Cayman Island, I want to fuck everything. Oh, okay, well here's an island for you. Here's this island with half-naked people right. running around. And you Take come in pick. as either a, 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 they talk about it a lot, like you're either a top or a bottom, a dominatrix or a... They call them citizens in the citizens movie. Or in, in the book, they're slaves. Like, slave. there's no got it citizen bullshit. I don't remember. It's been a long time yeah, since yeah. I've read it. But you were a slave. You were a slave. But with the and you were saying like, if you got out of line, like oh, they you beat got the shit beat. out of you. Whereas this one, it's more kind of like, oh, you know, go go do some go dig some weeds. It's almost like they said either like they introduced Mistress Lisa, the dominatrix of the David island, Delaney. who literally does not a fuck all dominatrix thing at all in the movie. They dress her up in like some dominatrix outfit, and she picks up a whip and smacks it against a pole a couple times. Yeah. I mean, I guess she beats Elliot with a, a brush at one point, sort of. In a very extended, like, oh god, that long just went on scene for so long. With well, don't you know, don't spoil that. Okay. Wait, whoa, wait, got it. But it's almost like Gary Marshall kinda knows what a dominatrix is and does. Like he kind of just touched the just the surface of the BDSM world. Like he didn't actually go into the pleasure chest on Santa Monica. Like he just kind of was like he drove by and he was just like, oh, he's been a porn store. He's been like, driving by it for years. Yeah. He's like, I wonder what they do in there. You know, he never went in and was like, tell me what what S and M is. You know, yeah. they never did that. So it's like this little scratch the surface of sex, sure. and then he made a movie about it. You're like, so you clearly don't understand what's about. Also, you didn't. Read the book. Right. So, hey, Rosie O'Donnell's in a leather bustier. Oh, good. The world takes a collective sigh of excitement. No. <laughs> I mean, come on. I I know you think she's funny, and I, I giggled. I'm not going to lie. She has a couple good one-liners yes. in this. But on a whole... She is the absolute worst casting for this type of role. Yeah, it got... Um... It got to the point where she, you could tell she was just improvising her comedy, and it was almost annoying. Yeah, it was annoying. You know, when they're sitting on the table, and she's just riffing, like trying to throw yeah. one-liners out, it's so... It well, you watch keeps, the featurette. She's like, Gary just, keeps yelling, Rosie, be funnier. It no, just Rosie, keeps don't going. Be well, that's the problem. She, yeah. She's trying so hard to be funny. But overall, I mean, as far as like the acting and, it, and her doing I mean, her, like, I get it. She was Rosie in a, stick. Oh, you know, so, that's fine. I mean, it starts... On chalkboard. I mean, it starts out with her being a stripper. You know, undercover stripper as yeah, they're trying a to, wig. as they're trying to find out this diamond <laughs> no, you know heist, which, which is ironic. She's got the Goblin King's wig on in the movie, and Iman is in the movie who married the Goblin King. That so is, that you is know, true. The only movie you know what you know what gives this movie gravitas, Iman, <laughs> but only because she's married to David Bowie. Yeah, but not go. even at this time. <laughs> and why she was in this movie, I don't know. Uh, who cares? You know, the, because you needed. 
Well, the, even the, the, the Diamond Heist part of the, the storyline... Which is not explained, up, really. ...is not explained at all. Well, in their defense, though, I mean, we don't really need to see it. it we are dropped in the, at the end of the heist. Like, they have gotten the diamonds. Right. They need to dr- make the drop to, I guess, the big boss or whoever's buying the diamonds. Correct. And that's where... Get through customs. Right. And that's where so, Elliot, our lead character... Tony Danza. <laughs> not, he looks... I swear to God, he looks just like Tony Danza. And they do, Tony Danza was busy that week. <laughs> So they hired this kid, Stuart Wilson. No, no, no. Stuart Wilson's Omar. Paul Marcuccio. I mean, Paul Marcuccio. Yes, he's thank you. Easy thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Who, uh, who uh, has uh, only really done this movie. That's in, and, and Strictly Ballroom. And, Two Austra- he's an Australian actor who really has a career for himself down under. I guess He never so. really made it big over here. I guess so. Yeah. He takes a photo because he's a photographer, so he's continuously taking photographs. Yes. Because that's what photographers do, apparently, is have their camera on them. Even though in the beginning the of the movie, when he's supposedly taking the photos, he he never quite puts his finger on the actual shutter button. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> which it's I thought was quite funny. Suspension of disbelief. It's a movie. Sure. Uh, he takes a picture of Omar, who is. As he puts it, has never had a picture taken of him since the third grade. Which leads me to believe, so he became a mass murdering fuckhead in the fourth grade? <laughs> At nine years old. Like, he was just like, I'm going to kill people and become a crime lord. He'd You're like, oh, alright. It's, it's, it's such a stupid line right. to say. And you know he's the bad guy because he's got the slick back hair. Yes. You know, and the accent. And he, he hangs out with Iman, Nina, who... I, Acting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Iman. Uh, she's gorgeous. Oh, she's so beautiful. I can't, you know, and I, the outfits they put her in are I s- fantastic. I swear to God, if they had had the special effects or um, <laughs> what they are today in '94, I can't, she would have been Storm. Oh yeah, like there's no way. Put that bitch in a in a white wig and have her sit there and like you know wins here yeah. my call. <laughs> hey, and you know what? A plus on her side. You know, if we're going to put her up against Halle Berry, mm. a plus in the side of Iman, real African accent. Oh, wow. Halle Berry, they asked her to not do one in the sequel because her first one was so, so bad. bad. They were like, hey, you know what, Hit and Run? We're going to have you not do an accent. <laughs> also, you have an Oscar. Uh, so, act. Yeah. You know, that happened. That's but right. it is weird that these, this, this movie happened. It did happen. And here's my point. In 94. And this is this is what I was going to tell you during the movie. And I stopped myself to hold it for now. Because it, I think it might work better now that I tell you this. I think. This is going to be a bold statement. Mm-hmm. I think this movie was ahead of its time. As far as the sex stuff. Oh, In absolutely. 94. No one's talking well, about I was actually this. wondering because of. Uh, and did it get? It got. It must have got the standard R rating, right? Uh, yeah, it, there was like an NC seventeen, and then there was the R in ninety four. Yeah, like, so I was going to say this had to be out of the cutting edge because there's literally full frontal of yeah, but it's so of uh, it, it meets the quickness standard. Maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, Daniel Delaney walks out of a pool at some point, and she's just and it's there also it is. now this is going to be another weird statement. Her walking out full frontal is technically sexualized because of the surroundings of the movie. Sure. But her just getting out of a pool, not sexually. Yeah, I guess You know so. what I mean? She's just a woman getting out of a pool. Right. Now, it wasn't Now, like, when she rubs her tits on, on Tony Danza's uh, <laughs> ass... Got, you gotta stop calling that. Because, I think, and I just thought of it. The only reason this kid got the job was for his ass. Because, well, my a, God... He's a dancer. It was... I mean, you know... Too bad your wife isn't here to hear you talk about a man's yeah, ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your ass was perfect, kid. We are like, hired. Good job on that one, Paul. It, I didn't. It was he? Yes, of course he he's a dancer. dancer. It's, 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 yeah, it's, but yeah, he's uh, he's well. You know, and dancers aren't fat. I mean, allegedly, what um, Dancing with the Stars will show you. Typically, dancers aren't fat. <laughs> you know, but it is. I think this movie is ahead of its time as far as the sexual stuff. Now, by saying oh, that, absolutely. well, yes, absolutely. There still is a movie. So, I mean, unless you go into well, well hold on. Let me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it some. I'm giving around. it a sweet, but I'm going to rip it out with a sour here in a second. Yeah. Like it's all good on top. Like here we are. We're showing like, hey, there's these alternative lifestyles that people enjoy. The bondage role playing. They like to get down with the leather and the whips, chains, and we're not talking like, you know, nipples. You know, clamps on the nipples right. or candle wax. But they're doing their thing. They're rocking it out. Yeah. All straight white people. There was a couple black people. Yeah, you're But right. it was all straight people. And you're right, because then there was the, the scene where they won the 
the black ladies on, up on the stage, oh, that, and then they cut to the that, only other black person dude, in, the, in the crowd. I, which that was, black guilt slapped me on that one. Yeah, like, that it was just was like, tough. ooh. Yeah, tough. it was just like, here's the one African-American beautiful yeah. woman on stage. Oh, let's cut to the one African-American gentleman watching right, her. You're right. like, really? Come on, Gary. You're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> you did pretty woman. <laughs> even the uh, I guess like even the opening scene, which is totally bizarre, but it's oh the maid slapping it's basically in? Elliot is a little kid, and and he comes in and he does a bad thing, you know, in the in the kitchen, and they've got this. He clearly this, did it on purpose. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. He's in the kitchen, and the maids and they're baking something, or something, and he like accidentally, you know, quote unquote, uh, knocks a bowl onto the ground, and she like punishes him, but and by punishing him, bends him over the sink. Pulls his pants down and starts spanking him. Yeah, and is like, "You're a bad boy." And then you see like this this little wry smile on this little twelve year old kid's yeah. face. I'm like, "It's, it's that's awkward. That's weird. It's a weird so, scene. So weird. Like, you know, I don't think you get away with that now. I don't think that, that, that's the thing. Is this movie like it pushes boundaries? It, it pushes boundaries, <laughs> but then it also like it doesn't either go far enough or it goes far. In the wrong direction, you know. On both sides, because yeah. it really tried to be a buddy cop it's, comedy. You got to pick one, and it, then on yeah. the other side of it, it really is like late night Skinamax. It's either Gary Marshall wants to make like, a funny buddy cop movie about. Now I'm, I'm thinking, like, yeah. and we had re, we kind of recast the movie in our minds during the movie. <laughs> yes. Like, if you had just had a buddy cop movie yeah. of two cops that have to go to a sex club, right? And to, hijinks ensues. That might actually be kind of funny. That Granted, could be funny, right? Uh, Rosie Donald and Dan Aykroyd are not the two people to do that. And not now. Uh, I you said Will Ferrell. I will go against that hundred and ten percent. But I will give you Kristen Wiig. Yeah, which but I, you know what they'll do they is they'll do Melissa McCarthy now because she's kind of there the new Rosie. That makes sense. as far as sure. the big girl does good things. And I don't want to, and I don't mean big girl in a derogatory sense, right? Uh, I, I don't know who the you know fuck it Kristen Wiig. And Melissa McCarthy. They both go to a BDS. The bus, and there you fun. go. You know, directed by Paul Feig. Comes out next year. <laughs> Ex-Eden 2. More, more, more Eden. Less more, exiting. More but, eating. But then, you know, and then Gary Marshall could have done that movie. Or he could have done his ver- his last tango in Paris. Or his, what was, um, seven and a half weeks. You know, like, hey, I want to make the bondage explicit sex movie for couples. Okay, then do that movie. Right. Don't make two at the same time and, and not decide. Yeah, it was just it was really weird because it was two like it, you were trying to watch two extremes. On and, weird, and the and, weird and, part is like when you know Elliot gets to the island and he's you know stripped down to his g string like everybody else, and they're kind of auctioned off, if you will. Well, go but back they, before you go there. Let's well, like, get how he was sent to the island. So he he's got these issues dating back to when his childhood was. So he, he's... Uh, he intimacy back, issues. In, yeah, yeah, intimacy issues. He goes to his therapist, who is Hector Elizondo. Which, you know... Right? Awesome. Always. And yeah. and hilarious. Uh, crazy enough. but um, <clears throat> And so he sends him off on this... Like, you need to go here and learn how to deal with these issues. Right. And so then off he goes. And then the the bad guys, which is Iman and... Uh, Omar. And, uh, and Omar, are, give chase. Because they, they basically... They have to recover these rolls of film... That he's traipsing around the world with. Yeah, it's so weird. <clears throat> yes, like so. That's how we get to the island. But even it, but even in dialogue, they say multiple times. Different characters will say, "We're not even sure he got a picture of him." Right. So you're you're thinking maybe ten percent. Like, who do you really give that much of a shit? Right. Because Omar is in a different disguise every time he sees him. So yeah. hey, you know what, Omar? Just change your disguise again. Right. You know, and then Iman can't make up her mind if everything went smoothly or not smoothly. Like, she keeps changing her story willy-nilly the whole time. Yeah, there's and, and all of this happens in 24 hours? Oh, the timing in this movie is astounding. <laughs> there are sunsets and sunrises yes. in between things. Well, like life. They, they, right. they do those in between. Well, but, but multiple times in the day, and then they'll be like, oh, that was a rough day. So, like, so Elliot leaves Los Angeles on a boat, like a pirate ship boat. Yeah, that's weird. Not like a not like a, a no, motor no, boat a, cruise ship. It's a pirate like, ship. It's a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which travel at five miles an hour tops. They sail for half a day and get to the exotic island of in, in Mexico. It says something. Yeah. Which I'm like, do they go to Catalina? Because you can't even get to Catalina in half a day. No. 
and, and not on a ship that big. So anyway, it turns out to be Mexico, which is actually Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Shot yeah, in Hawaii. But anyway, so they land in Mexico. And then the bad guys come in by airplane. Private jet. Private yeah. jet, yes. And so, and then they magically, you know, he's a bad boy who doesn't really want to follow the rules, even though he's, you know, he's supposed to be sub- submissive. Well, that, yeah, like and, he's, hired and, uh, on, he's hired on as a slave, a citizen. Correct. It's a bondage experience. Yes. You're supposed to do what you're told. Yes. He never once does never a goddamn once. thing he's told. And magically, Dana Delaney falls in love with him. I in, in the, two days, no less than that. I was I was being generous. It, it, and literally in the first day, day and a half. And by the end of the movie, he's like, "I want to propose marriage." You're like, "Why?" Right. Which is <laughs> maybe another day later. <laughs> like, oh, and in between there, they went I mean, to New Orleans. Was the beating that for a long weekend? <laughs> yeah, a long weekend in the middle of the week. In the middle I mean, of the week, yeah. And they were just like, "Oh, it's a long weekend." Yes. Okay. So it has definitely timing. Time framing issues are huge. Uh, the um, but I just the whole <laughs> core of his character is to go there to get uh, you know beaten in the you know correctness to, to figure to out accept where, who he is and and to find, right. uh, and, and, allow and, his inhibitions to be set. And then we get some weird bullshit dramatic backstory on Mistress Lisa yes. about how. Uh, John Schneider told her told told her to take off her underwear and stuff in class. Correct. That was because her mom died and her right. dad has no emotions. You're, right. so You're just like okay, intimacy issues again. No, none of this is going anywhere. And then it, you know, and she's like, and I chose then to to never not be in control. And then the whole movie, you're like, all right, well, do we get to see you be in control? Because you are a damsel in distress from the moment you walk on screen, even in her full on dominatrix gear. She looks fantastic. She, yeah, she looks great. But that's not the character. And magically is always standing in a beautifully backlit scene. Oh, man. The backlighting on her The big is, 90s hair. Oh, man. It oh, is. <laughs> it is. Dude, that's Oscar winning lighting. No, no matter mean, where she's standing, there's always a backlight. She's even in a police station at one point. And there's, a, there's a backlight <laughs> that's giving her a halo. You're like, man, I guess New Orleans is like that for everybody. Amazing. But it, it's just, you're a dominatrix. You are a dominatrix. You are Mistress fucking Lisa. You have. She has no dominance, no matrix. She is nothing. She and then was it? And then he's he's on top of her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm usually not on top." You're like, "Oh, don't shut up. Don't say stupid lines like that in a movie." But that's that weird scene where they're talking in bed, and then their voices go out, and the music comes up because you're like, "Oh, okay. Either everything they're saying was stupid, or they didn't get coverage on the dialogue, right. and they just played the music." Which, speaking of music, this movie has some of the worst music cues I've ever heard. Man, if you like Enigma, oh man, you're gonna love this movie soundtrack. Every it was almost like listening to it was like it was it was like watching Sliver. Like every five minutes was like Desma, Esqua, <laughs> and you hear like a friend or no, it's like one of those pipe flute, like like a. Like a fucking Peruvian band at the goddamn casino. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And then cuts to like, you know, Bry Ferry and, oh, you know, the slave to love. It's just like these these terrible 90s R&B by white people hits that you're like, uh, oh, oh. And it's in scene. So like, yeah. she's like, bathe me. And he's like, okay. And it cuts to like, slave to love. Ooh, mm, mm. And then it goes, oh. Says we're back to the sexy music. And then there's some random, like, uh, we need need some montage music, let's pick it up like a 90s cop movie music. I am half expected fucking Enya to come in at any goddamn point. (laughs) Like, it was just like, oh, where's, what is it, Ornickel Flow? What the fuck's that song? I was (laughs) waiting for the Beverly Hills Cop, like, do, 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 you know, because that's, well, there was a bit of that whenever the... The uh, Dan Aykroyd and Rosie O'Donnell characters were doing their montage. I just, it's so weird. I love. Um, I read. So what was the flashback sequence where they go back to Hector Elizondo and? and oh, uh, that's when they're they're telling you more of Mistress Lisa's <laughs> dramatic, sad backstory, where she's like, "Oh, you know, once uh, Bo Duke told me to, you know, take off my clothes, and he was just like, oh, I have a professor you should meet.' And then he like into this room, take off your clothes, put on a mask." 
Because nothing says sexy like Hector Elizondo. <laughs> and he was just like, he's just like, hello, my dear. He's yes. like, oh, Lord. Yeah. He's like, let me, me, let me dress you. And I guess it's basically him. Who, yeah, he dresses her as in the dominatrix. Right. And, and like, apparently that was her hey, training. I'm, now I'm gonna, yeah, there's your training's done. Go <laughs> off and run this island. Yeah, like, I made you look great. Now go. <laughs> go, my child. Go. Beat, beat people. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just not. Mm. I, I read some old reviews online today about it because it made me laugh so hard like uh but they were like most critics were disappointed and just confused <laughs> it was like very confusing I was like, no shit my one of my favorite things in is that everybody that comes to the island there's a special nurse they all have to go through that nurse and every man. single person has to drop their well i won't say every, every all every male has to drop their pants yeah, and get a hernia women, check women i don't think get that check <laughs> and 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 uh dan Erker's like what do i have to do this and she's like everybody's required to do it we don't want any disease spreading i'm like because hernias are contagious. Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> turn your head and cough. There's so many setups for jokes that will not. Well, I mean, there are a payoff in the sense that they mention them again. Yeah, but they're not funny when you hear them again. Some of them are set up, especially with Rosie. Like they'll oh. they'll do a whole little scene, a thirty to a second to a minute scene, just to set up a punchline. Yeah, for her. and the joke, and it just falls flat. You're just like, shut up. God, oh, stop. Because you're really like, talking. why are they doing this? Why are they doing And then she'll throw a one-liner, and you're like, oh, that's why they're doing that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, the guy's fully dressed, and she's like, take off your clothes now. And he takes them off, and she goes, oh, look at that. He had to take off his clothes and leave my room. You're like, oh, God, Got it. stop. Yes. Make it stop. Make- <laughs> I get it. You were popular. You had, you're coming off of A League of Their Own. You have your show. You yeah. have that whole thing where you're pretending to like Tom Cruise. Like... It's just like, oh, stop it. And then there's also the weird part about Rosie uh, being the narrator of the movie. Yeah, any she, movie that has narration while you're watching the movie but, is But awkward. normally that narration would be the story would be all about that person. Yeah, and it's not. It really isn't about her at all. I, do you think they had to do narration because they realized they'd filmed it so shittily? That, yes. That they were like, oh, I guess... It we'll, doesn't make any sense. We'll just do some narration to explain why yeah. she's here. You're like, oh, God. Right. That's awful. Like, they're... And it's weird because she's telling the story. Yeah. Like she's just like, "Hey, there I am. I'm Sheila. I'm a cop. Oh, look, the bad guy got away." So then I'm gonna tell you the story of you know June eighth, nineteen. And you're like, "Wait, wait, wait." So you're giving me in narration of what you're exactly doing at that time, but you're also giving me a narration from the future, telling a past story. Oh, that's difficult to pull off. <laughs> You know, like, that's that's some rough shit. You're like, no, no, you can't. No, that's not how narration works. Like, you know, he was like, I was born a poor black child. There's narration. There you, you go. Know, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I read the book. It's been a long, long, long time since I've reread the book. And frankly, I don't need to. I read it once. I was, I was going through that. I was a teenager right at this exact time in the 90s when it was just like, you know, revolution. Everyone's dressed as a vampire. You know, because it was the the coming of age of Anne Rice's interview with a vampire, which yeah. came out the same year as this. So it was just like, anything I, I was just like, what's that? Vampires that are weirdly sexually attractive, but you're not quite sure what's going on? Cool. An older period. Ooh. You know. So, you know. <laughs> it captured my I'm like, I'm lighting candles, listening to Depeche Mode. You know how you do it. Ministry. But you get it all out. And then you, you look back and you go, oh, god damn. Yep, that happened. That was 90s. Yeah. But... Yeah. And I mean, that's Dan, why yeah. I think the movie is definitely pushing boundaries towards the sexual revolution of sure. the 90s. But only for straight people. Like, there's no mention of any homo... Um, there's no mention of any homosexuality on the island. You never see two girls or two dudes together in any like, kind of way. Like there's a there's some bits of Rosie's dialogue um, that kind of alluded that like look, different people like different things. Yeah, but we never saw that. It things. wasn't until the end when oh, she that punchline where you're like that what, that had nothing to do with the movie. Well, it, it wasn't until the end uh, where where um, the final narration. Well, hers hers. Slave, they don't call him. Slaves. Oh, what do they uh, call him? <laughs> their citizen, her citizen guy, citizen Tommy. Yes, you know who's who's obviously trying to like get in good with her and and, and have the sex with her. And she keeps have blowing the, him off. Keeps blowing the sex. Up. Keeps blowing him off. And then at the end, she comes back to the island because I got to go pick up some film and and uh, you know because it was left there. It was his roll of film. Uh, and then they they fall in love, I guess. And it, it's only at that point where. 
she kind of comes out as like, oh, I'm playing a straight character. You know, because at any point in it, they they could have gone with with whatever. You no, know, you're right, and, it, and, and, uh, and you're right, and but it not have, in the '90s. No, God. If that movie was made today. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you would have seen like you know been, the okay been. gay people walking around. Right. We're, we're, we're okay. We're, we can see them. Look, well, too many like, holding hands. But as the Rosie character, <gasps> yeah. her being a lesbian, this that, that it would have been a question. But she's she's blowing off the guy, blowing off the guy, and then occasionally every once in a while she maybe see. A girl yeah. walk by. A girl walk by that she yeah. like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, but at the end of the movie, she does this weird narration. She's like, uh, no matter what your sexual preference is, you can always find love or some bullshit like that. Yes. And you're like, oh, well, that was never in question. That was, like, yeah. you never, you can't make a political statement at the end of a movie when you've yet to show anything but the right. opposite of that particular statement. Correct. Like, it's like, it doesn't, yeah. that's not how things work. You come can't to, do it that yeah. way. Come to an island of very straight, white, pretty people. You know. I mean, it, it was that's like... That's what you get. Now, I did find... Oh. So, remember the rollerblading oh my craze gosh. of the 90s? <laughs> Which just, the, this, this scene made me just laugh. They just shoehorned this whole scene of rollerblading. It was almost like you said they went to Paul Mercutio. They were like, yeah. hey, are you good at anything else other than like dancing? And he's, right. like, he's like, wow, I'm a... You know, I, I like to roller skate. And they're like, like can you roller blade? And then he's like, maybe. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to write you a whole scene yeah. where you got a roller blade to win Mr. Lisa's heart. And you're just like, because knowing. <gasps> okay, cool. Right. Like knowing he's a dancer, <laughs> like you think that they would like, oh, it's a dance competition. Let's do that. And, <sighs> and he goes and does all, he goes John Travolta on you. I you guess. Know? But instead they're like, really, like. Is there anything else you can do? Yeah, I like to roll. They built this obstacle course of a rollerblading thing, well, and he went that? out and he and he wins it. You know, magically comes from behind to win it, so he can spend time with well, Mistress Lisa. Who was an obstacle prize. course for the slaves? I mean, excuse me, the citizens, or all the old people that are there to enjoy the citizens? Like those old people are not. It seemed a little bit of both to me. It just it, seems it was like, citizens and like uh, why, why is this a thing? And that was day two, mind you. It was Carnival Day. <laughs> That was day two. So they were already in love. <laughs> They'd already changed outfits for Right, because he, he had bathed her the night before. Like you said, there's a, there's a montage sequence that goes along just after Rosie says, hey, i got to fly to Mexico tomorrow to pick up the film. You want to come with me? And uh, they're like, no. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, good. yeah. There's so many montage right? sequences. And, yeah. and during the seconds after that, they're showing like this montage of uh, Daniel Delaney, Mr. Lisa, going through the agony of like the lost love. Like, oh, I should have just... Accepted him in my it's heart. It's almost like watching blah, Bella blah. Swan watch the seasons change and they out of show, goddamn window. They show her in three to four different, completely different outfits at different times of the day. And, and this then, the same day. The same day because Rosie shows up. Rosie's just like, oh, I just got in for my flight. And you're like, oh, <laughs> wait. Wait, so you you changed multiple times in the day with different lighting schemes? like Because I'm pretty sure when you same were sitting day. outside the beach reading, that was sunset. <laughs> I mean, granted, I don't know how it was on the island that day. That looked like sunset. And here you are in the midday now, basking in the sun, collecting film. Yeah. You know. Uh, I really did remember this movie as being... Let's talk about that. What did you... Did you just remember how much you thought Dana Delaney was attractive? And that's I, what you were going off of? I think I went with... Um, in my in my mind, there was... from Having not seen this movie in probably 20 years or <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, since 1994. Well, randomly, you said that uh, the DVD is not... No longer in print. Yeah, the DVD is out of print. It's going for $100 on Amazon. $100. Right but you can get the soundtrack at the low, low price of? A penny. What? <laughs> but you have to pay shipping and handling, which is three ninety nine. So oh, at the end of the day, $4 and a penny is what you're paying. $100 for the movie and one cent. I almost bought that soundtrack for during the, the soundtrack. Con. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? For a, well, it's a penny. Oh, four ninety nine. Ouch. <laughs> Ooh, you know. So anyway, so what I'm I remember, sure I can find that at any used CD store today. Uh, I I find Dana Delaney just incredibly attractive. I'm not saying she's not attractive. And and knowing that in this movie that the big thing was like, oh, she's completely naked. Yeah, in and this in movie, 1994, I get you it. know, and I'm a yeah. young man at that time. Going, well, I mean, right, I like that idea. You you mentioned it during the movie. You were like, didn't this movie get like attention? Yeah, according to the internet, like it was like. This movie had all the buzz about it. Yeah. It was like full frontal. Yeah. It's going to have a sex club. And right. it's going to have all sorts of, you know, because you got a high profile director and writer right. and actors. And then you see it and you're like, oh, 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 oh bless your heart. You yeah. all are trying to make a good movie. Yeah. 
Because I don't believe anyone... No one sets out to make a shitty movie. That's true. Did it make money? No. No. Six six million. Oh, jeez. I couldn't even find the budget. Wow. But a budget like this, I'm thinking probably 30? I mean, see... 94? 34? It was on location 30? in yeah. Hawaii. I mean, they... And, and, you know, there's like money. New Orleans and, you know, the, a lot of stage stuff. But Yeah. But again, I guess my memories of it were like... I, re- I remembered it being a little bit more romantic. I didn't remember how bad that uh, Paul uh, Elliot was. You know, that, that acting. Not Tony Danza. Well, yeah, Tony Danza would have been so much better. The biggest problem I had with, with uh, Mercurio was um, he couldn't decide if he had, was using an Australian accent or an American accent. Which was so weird that they had to set up a yes. scene in dialogue in the beginning where they're Correct. like, they're like, oh, he's born in Melbourne. Right. Oh, but lived in, uh, in LA for the majority of his life. And you hear someone off screen go, oh, that makes for an interesting accent. You're like, oh, so you had to explain his accent. Yeah. That's. And it no, was bad. Don't do that. Because sometimes he'd just slip into full Aussie mode and sometimes he'd try now, really he, hard. He did make. Uh, he, he did. I did, he did say something in his interview in the in the beginning of the movie. Is he says he goes oh, the guy's like oh my name is Martin and he's just like he goes Martin Martin yeah. he goes he goes it's, he goes it's unusual Australians have problems with yeah. the American A. Oh. Now he says that I have always remembered that line, but I do I could not remember why I knew that line until tonight again. Yeah. You watch, uh, I think it, oh it's Wolverine Origins. He can't say Gambit to save his life. He's Gambit. He goes. He goes. Uh, I've been looking for Gambit. And you're like, Gambit. and then I remember going like, oh, Australians have a problem with the uh, the American yeah, Asian. Yeah, yeah. But he did. He struggled with the. Uh, he struggled with his accent. Now, whose accent was amazing would be Iman's. Because <laughs> I will listen to her read a phone book. I find her accent to be sexy. Unfortunately, what she's saying in this movie if you, is absolutely awful. If you have to watch this movie, if you feel the need, which you should, <laughs> you have to watch all the way through to the very, very, very end. I think you're good if you just watch the curve. Just so you can hear Rosie's... Making fun of Iman making with her weird Ethiopian accent. <laughs> well, she said when he, she goes, oh yeah, she goes, just for reference, she goes, Omar's doing three life sentences with yeah. our parole system. He'll be out in three days. Yeah. She goes, and Nina, you know, she's pulling the bingo cards. And she's right. like, B21. <laughs> in 32. You know, and I'm like, okay. That's kind of funny. It was, but I think my love for a, David Bowie. Like, it's always way racist. <laughs> but like my love for David Bowie is, is is coming through to like, well, he's not in this, but Iman is. Yeah. I gotta go for that. That's not a way to enjoy Iman. Like you should right. enjoy her on her own merits as being an incredibly beautiful woman who's a Man. supermodel with a sexy accent yeah. who is maybe Gorgeous. not a great actress. You know, she wears an outfit well. I yeah, well that red outfit that she wears in this is extraordinary. What about that yellow one? She came off of the, the plane. With, it was like two seashells, like connected with interlocking symbols, and and then like leggings. And you're just like, the fuck is that? And then and Who then wears Rosie, that? And then Rosie's like, well, we're pretty sure that's Nina on the plane. Oh, you think the obnoxious tall black woman? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Well, and they do that one setup where she goes, Dan Eckridge is like, well, you got to find Nina. She goes, yeah, it should be a piece of cake. How many tall black women are there? And like, they have a joke where a tall black woman wants her. She goes, hi, Sheila. She goes, hey, Renee. And you're like, oh, Jesus. Come on. Like, in, a, in another movie, I'm pretty sure these jokes would have fucking floored and landed. Sometimes I wonder if they didn't just make, there, there seemed to be a lot of these movies that were on these exotic locations you know, that they just did like, hey, everybody, let's get all our friends together and go to Hawaii and shoot a movie. Yeah. You know, that's what we're going to do. And that's, I feel like that happened a lot, you know, back then. I, I love that, was it uh, Ocean's Eleven, the original, with Frank Sinatra oh, and yeah. all them? Oh, yeah. Like, they just were like, hey, you want to spend a couple weeks in Vegas? Yeah, okay. Right. You, you want to film a movie while we're down there? Sure. sure. You know, and like, did you ever see that? Uh, you get one take. Yeah. <laughs> was it that uh, the movie of Frank Sinatra's life with um, he's got messed up face 
Ray Liotta, oh, where yes. he plays yep. Frank. You yeah, ever yeah. see that? Oh yeah, yeah. When they they're they're filming them, and he does like he goes, okay, and cut. He goes, all right, cool. Let's hit the craps. He goes, Frank, can we get another cut? No, you got it. You got it. Yeah, we're gonna go play. We'll set up tomorrow. And you're like, right. yeah, that probably happened. Yeah. <laughs> and you watch the new Ocean's Eleven. You're like, oh, there's a script. Cool, <laughs> cool. Oh, a Soderbergh. Oh, nice. It's gonna it's gonna look fantastic. You know, and hate them and love them. There's those are three movies. You know, I love them all. Uh, I have degrees of love and hate, but I do enjoy them all. I enjoy them. Yes, I thought when the first I one love, was very clever. They, I thought they, they, I've seen them all, and they, they. I love how Al Pacino turned into Ellen DeGeneres in Part Three. Oh wow! Oh, he looks awful. He did get old. He is sunburnt, yeah. tan, blonde. Like there's a scene he turns around and says, "Like oh, he looks like Ellen." <laughs> I don't know who that's more insulting to, her or him. Oh, <laughs> I love you, Ellen. I don't. What? <laughs> I like Ellen. I don't think she's funny. Well, you're fucking crazy. I don't need her coming at my screen, I my, t- my TV, you. three o'clock every day, dancing and shit. Sit down, interview people. <laughs> she's the new Rosie. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, I didn't like her show either. Oh, I loved Rosie's talk show. Oh, Come no. on, she, she bit the head off a of Magnum at one time. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I don't remember that. You remember <laughs> he came on to uh, to promote? Yes. Now I remember. Um, oh, I forgot the name of the movie, but anyway, he came on to promote it. And like she turned, she was just like, "Tell me about the NRA. Why are you an asshole?" And he was just like, uh, "I'm here to promote a movie." She's just like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah. See his movie. Why are you an asshole?" He's just like, "Hey, I'm not a big fan of guns, but I am a big fan of Magnum." Fair enough. You leave the stash alone. Oh wow, you that the man deserves that man deserves all your respect for that glorious mustache. <laughs> Same way, Burt Reynolds, batshit crazy, but I respect that man because he's the bandit, and the bandit gets a lot of love in my house. There you go. You can take the hick out of all sorts of stuff, but wow. at the root, still hick. Because I come from hick people. <laughs> <laughs> not white trash, not hillbilly, hick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, overall, uh, uh, I don't know, even know what else to say about this, but I, I really do re- had in my memory that it was a better movie, a much more romantic, kind of sexier movie with I, a little bit of kind of hijinks comedy. It's with, funny uh, you say Rosie and, romantic. Did you yeah. feel at any point in time no. anything that we do was romantic? That, and that's the weird part. It's, it's like there was, there was no chemistry between uh, no. between Elliot and, and Mistress Lisa. Like I didn't buy it at all. If any, I felt more chemistry between Mistress Lisa and her slave girl. Because oh, they were right. riding around on the horse together. Yeah, her friend. You know, and they were yeah. in the swimming pool, swimming naked together. And that's the only kind of implication was, that there could be some sort of right? other sexuality going on is that she yeah. hangs out with her friend. And I, and I don't remember her name. I, no. But, uh, but, like, she was, she'd peek through the blinds, you know, and I was like, maybe she's secretly in love with, with Mistress Lisa. And it's, I was like, maybe that's the romance that I was seeing. But there's nothing romantic about this movie. And it's... Nothing. 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 So to call it... A romantic comedy is insulting to romantic comedy. Like I, I think, but to also call it a comedy is also insulting to, to me. The most, most romantic movie, the point in the movie was at the end where Rosie and her slave boy, who's now in his business suit, because oh yeah, they guy. had a moment that was cute, and they yeah, had a little yeah. moment, and she's like, "Oh, you actually like me because of who I am." Yeah, just for me, and that's nice, and that was nice, and they had a little kiss, and like, but then I was like, they, oh, that was but they had cute. a callback to a terrible joke earlier in the movie, they which did. I didn't even catch on to until you mentioned it. Right. Like he says, uh, Elliot's talking to her about like uh, you know you know it's true love when you hear the music, and he goes, "What she say? Skinny girls hear violins. Yes. She goes, big girls like me, we hear French horns. Right. And then they kiss, and you hear like a French horn noise. Yeah. And I was just like, oh Christ, <laughs> come on, Gary, you're like punching it in the nose, trying, man. Gary. Like Jesus trying. Christ, try to do your job. <laughs> You made some of the greatest romantic comedies in the world. Fucking deliver. Jesus, I know. <laughs> Everything I've ever heard about him is he's the, just the no, kindest, and I'm gentlest, not, I'm most not amazing to guy. Him. I respect yeah. him a whole lot. Yeah. So that's why it hurts me to watch this movie and go, the hell were you? Did you just, did you have a moment where you, like. So what are our favorite you, movies of his then? I like Runaway Bride, personally. I'm Julie more, Roberts. I'm more of a Runaway Bride guy versus. Uh, well, that was the reuniting of Julie Roberts. And, yeah, and I don't actually Richard like Gere. Pretty Woman. I, I have a lot of issues with it because at the end of the day, she's a whore. Think yeah, about it. That's true. Still a hooker. Still a hooker. Hooker with the heart of gold, though. Heart of gold. Who had to completely change her life for a man? That's good. Wow. And you put it now, that granted, way, man. Now, now, I'm now her granted, her granted, <laughs> her life wasn't that great. 
Yeah, but then in Runaway Bride, she's a horrible human as well. Exactly. But I like that one better because she wasn't a hooker. <laughs> she was upfront about how bad she was in that one. And Julia realized she's actually really nice. I worked with I'm her. I'm sure she's fantastic. And that's not my that's not our issue. That's true. I do not like my best friend's wedding. I don't think that was Gary Marshall, but I don't like that one. Best friend's wedding. Oh, I remember that. Where she tried to steal. Yes. Look, again, so what we're saying again. is Julia Roberts and Julia. all three of these these romantic comedies is a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> wow! That's weird. I worked with her, right, on the, one of the worst movies that she's probably ever been in. The, Missy Pizza? No, it was uh, Larry Crown. That one with oh, Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You where, told me, about and he that, directed. Yeah. yeah, he directed it. Yeah, and and was also starring. With you know, a really bad wig that he was wearing, and uh, not. It's not as bad as the critics made it out to be it but it's not it was his directorial good. debut no no it was his second movie because he did a, that right. thing you do yes yes which I've never seen and I hear is oh my actually gosh. quite good that's a, a very very good the song drove me nuts that summer so I was like I ain't seen your fucking movie on principle now no, no that, was a, that was a that was a good movie but yeah, Larry yeah. Crown was. Uh, but but working with with Julie was just on man. No, I'm sure. I just I, I, no, I actually enjoy her as an actress yeah. and stuff. Like I like some of her crappier flicks that no one really talks about. Like I love Mary Riley. That uh, her oh. and John Malkovich doing the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde I'll story. Watch John Malkovich got Glenn Close. Phone book as you always say. Yeah. Yeah, anything he does. He's got Glenn Close with a gold tooth, and she's a whore. Like yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, Glenn Close with a gold tooth. That's always fun. <laughs> She's a Bond villain or something. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I want her to be the next Bond villain. You know what? Get rid of Christoph Waltz. Just recast, um, what was the last I one? Say uh, that. Not Skyfall. S- Skepter. 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 Skeptic. Just recast Spectre with Glenn Close in the Christoph Waltz role. That's money at the screen. Just just give me more of that. Christoph Waltz, man. He's been pigeonholed into like the same... It's a shame because he's a good actor. I know oh, two Oscars. I feel yeah, like but he's just been like he's okay. The villain. We, oh look, we have the villain. Yeah. Oh, let's call Christoph because he's yeah. amazing. You're like, oh, we need a German villain. Yeah. Oh, is Christoph working <laughs> this week? You're like, you know, I bet he is. He's just like, you know, I can do other things. They're like, can you? <laughs> I get it. Get you know what? Prove it. <laughs> Maybe you'll get a shot. I did think it was funny they had that uh, because Interview the Vampire came out the same year as this. So that was getting a lot of buzz as well. That was also the, the Anne Rice. The Anne Rice. Was that the beginning book. of that series of yeah, books yeah, at that yeah. point? Yeah. So then you get that movie. It has you know, Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise. So then there's an old fucking there scene in the is. middle of the movie. Yes. Where that guy's just like, that guy looks like Tom Cruise. No, that looked like Brad Pitt. You're like, why is this And it was a here? weird scene that was popped when they go to New Orleans. Yeah. Which is some, that's where Interview the Vampire took place. There's just some, New Orleans. Yeah, there's some people on the street yeah. standing around. Doing that nothing has nothing to do with the nothing movie. to do with the movie, and they just have this back and forth like that kid looks like we're gonna make some money. This kid looks like Tom Cruise, and, and then they have Dana Delaney and Paul later go, "Hey, that looks like Tom Cruise." No, that's no, Brad Pitt, and you're just like, "Shut I, up!" I get it. Yeah, I know. I get we it. can see that in the theater over, but right. we chose this one. Yeah, there's Oops, some weird little us. things. Like Gary Marshall's uh, his little like uh, cameo. He yeah, he a, always cameos, but he did a voice. He did a voiceover cameo, and it's a, what is the line? I'm uh, ready, he's just like, "I'm ready to be punished." Yeah, really? Like, oh Jesus! It, sounds, <laughs> it literally sounds like you know, creepy Uncle Gary in the back going, "All right, Martha, yeah. I'm ready to be punished." Like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. Did you get the peg? We're ready. And the yeah, other, oh, the yeah. other uh, quick little cameo was. Um, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd's wife, Donna Dixon, who I still can't tell you who to. I mean, I know her. In, I know that she's in I, two things. She's the foxy lady in Wayne's World, and she's the floating ghost that gives him the virtual blowjob in Ghostbusters. That's it. As far as I know, I those, know that that was those are her two claims to fame. As far as I'm aware, wow. So in this, she plays the ex-wife, who again, right, yeah. shows up at the police station, is like, oh, he's not here, or whatever, and then she leaves, and then he comes out and like, hey, your ex-wife is here, and he's like. Oh, we're trying to get back together, and Rosie's like, "Why is your bag vibrating?" And and oh, they pull out a vibrator, yeah, not a just a vibrator, giant the, vibrator, like the biggest, giantest, like thing. Like, That's <laughs> was, weird. I never thought I would say this. <laughs> Speaking of vibrators, there was that my favorite line in the fucking. Oh, my movie. mom's not listening to this podcast. My favorite line in the goddamn movie. It's that lady standing on the beach, and they're selling different things, and she's oh, like, gosh. "Come vibrate with me." Yeah. <laughs> 
Get your sex toys here. I was like, you know what? I want that on a shirt. So come vibrate with <laughs> come me. Come vibrate with me. Like, why is this happening? Why is she standing on a pedestal? You know what? Talking about this movie has kind of made me love it a little bit more. <laughs> it's there are some weird, such bullshit. weird things. If you got, I, okay, here's the sad favorite part. Favorite extraneous little background things. My favorite would have been the human ping pong game. Which has the, oh, the two girls yeah, with the yeah, big yeah. paddles. And they're passing Tommy over the Pass, yeah. Paddling his butt. He jumps over the net, does a little roll. Then the other one paddles and it rolls up. Like, where did that come from? Yeah. Please tell me that didn't come out of Gary Marshall's brain. I, I, oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> I, I enjoy that Dan Aykroyd, who is, he's, he's on the island. His cover on the island is he's a maintenance man. And he's doing maintenance and stuff. And he's got the, the leaf blower. And he's like... <sighs> and, he, and he goes up a woman's skirt, skirt. And she has no underwear on. He kind of goes, ooh. ooh. And then he pulls it back down. None of the leaves are moving anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... So was it on? Or I'm guessing it, a string I, on I, it. I was like, how did that work out? I don't know what it was. Because you have a cord. Yeah. But I don't think that cord's plugged Why do you think that was anywhere? appropriate? You... Total pervert. Yeah, but you know, but he, but his point in that was like, everyone's crazy. Look what I did. No one noticed. Yeah, you know. And they give him the gong joke later, where the doctor was just like, "Oh, you're a big boy." Right. And then like a sexy lady walks by. And he's holding the gong in front of his crotch. And he goes bong. You're like, okay, we get it. We get it. Knock it off. You wrote in your dick joke. Yeah, it's how many more dick jokes do we need in a movie filled with no dick? <laughs> That's right. There is no not, full, not, full frontal on the vagina. A lot not, of titties on this movie. Not ninety four, but no, yeah, no penis. You ain't gonna get full frontal man in nineteen ninety four. No. You barely got full woman in nineteen ninety four. I couldn't believe it. I, you got I, a lot of breasts, though, but breasts have been around on movies forever, though. Like yeah. people are pretty much comfortable, I think, with the, the the women's breasts. I don't think it's always needed as far as like plot. Yeah. Because that's me being supportive of women rights. Going like, do right. I need? Do, does she need to be naked for this? No. Right. So knock it off. <laughs> like, so if you need mildly entertaining, get another movie. <laughs> if you need, if you need full frontal Dana Delaney, lots of breasts, some very nice round rumps. Sure, there was from some both male, sides. There was some male butt. Yeah. We're if you enjoy nineties high waisted bikinis. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Everyone had a vest. Banana hammocks. Like I mean, even Rosie had a vest on at one point. You're like, oh yeah, the vest was a thing. Yeah, I remember all my vests. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I I was impressed that uh, Paul Marcusia has my haircut from the '90s. Like I was like, oh wow, oh, I have that haircut. It's the Tony Danza haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah, from well, Taxi. Tony Danza. <laughs> ouch, ouch! I'm telling you that Tony Danza could have played that role. He was in, he was in that. Fun nobody shape. nobody wants to see. Tony I don't know if Tony Danza, Danza had that ass though. Nobody wants to see Tony Danza get beaten by David Laney. Like, you don't think so? That he was no. wasn't he heartthrob back in the day? Yeah, not ninety four, maybe eighty four. Who's the I boss? I guess that is in Taxi was way back, right? Taxi uh, was 80s? that was the seventies, man, like late seventies, early eighties. Oh, wow. And who's the boss was late late eighties. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, of, yeah. still had, he probably still has the haircut. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's <laughs> yes, he's still alive. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. He's listening. <laughs> but he's got better shit to do. Dana, if you're listening. She also has better things to do. <laughs> Nobody has anything better to do than listen to us. <laughs> I, you're right. This, um, if you're looking for, if you love terrible, terrible movies, yes, then definitely, then definitely try to find this because uh, it's not available. I'll be honest. It is I, available. If you want one hundred dollars, hundred bucks. That's right. I, or I kind of was shocked that I still owned it. You know, I think you should put it on eBay for seventy five. No, I, so. I, I keep my movies. I, I guess it was just one of those movies that like I acquired, and it just made it through all the moves. Did you physically? Did you you went to the store and bought this? I have to assume. How else yeah. would I have gotten it? Like that was a movie release weekend. You're like, oh my gosh! I guess. I mean, I know I didn't see it in the theaters. I think I, I did I because I, I would did. have been too young to get into the. Theater. Oh yeah, I guess you would have. I would buy. Like a, a year, like it would have been like they would have been like, oh, I'm sorry, you're was this '94? Yes, '94. Yeah, so I was well, I was well into the twenties. Yeah, they probably would have been like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Like to get into um, interview the vampire, we had to have someone else buy our tickets. You snuck into that? Uh, well, snuck in subjective. We had a, an adult go buy our tickets and then hand them to does us. Does that and movie we hold up? It does if you're into the genre of homoerotic vampires. <laughs> 
It is a specific genre. Was, was that like the start of that kind of vampire movement, which yeah. then led to, you know, all the, the TV series? And the, no, no, and no. The there was, there was, there was the, the, there was the movement in the nineties yeah. and it died. And then, like, True Blood and Twilight brought it back with a vengeance. Right. If you ask some people, it never really went away. It was like Dracula. He slept in a coffin for a right. couple of years and then emerged. Because now we're full into the zombie genre. Yeah, but again, that's also like, they never kind of went away. Zombies? Yeah, they were always kind of on the horizon. Yeah, like, every like couple years. No, no, the, I mean, now the, it's um, the, very popular. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it's not like George Romero... Never not stop making zombie movies. He still had one come out like every couple of years. You know what I mean? Like there was always a zombie movie every few years. Yeah. So they, they were still being there. Uh, I would like the alien stuff to come back. Not alien, like in the, the aliens kind of movies to come back into play. Right. I would say we could be getting one this year with ID4 Part 2, but no, probably not. That's just kind of... that. You know, those kind of aliens are just an... They're not even... They're not even in the movie. The I mean, yeah. it, it's all about watching Jeff Goldblum make quippy you comments more, and then beat up on aliens. In, in uh, Star Wars. <laughs> you do. Technically an alien. So I guess by that rationale, then the alien movies are back. Right. Well, maybe you get some aliens into, into the... Into the I mean, we got Star Trek coming the out. Marvel, That's aliens. The Marvel comic kind of alien. You do get Marvel. I mean, Marvel. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy definitely had aliens in it. Yeah. But in in you know Gamora and fuck it, the tree and the, basically everybody except <laughs> all of them except uh, what's his name? Uh, he's only half human. You know, yeah. So Star half, yeah, half Terran or whatever yeah. the fuck they call it. So like, yeah, yeah. I guess aliens are still there, but it's not like. Um, was it, I think it's next year or 2018. I'm not positive at the moment. Ridley Scott's going to try and give us another alien. Is that Prometheus 2 or yeah. is that a new yeah. alien No, it, No, it's Three. like Prometheus 2 Alien Rising or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like It's about the alien because we all wanted one in Prometheus and we didn't get it. Right. So I guess he's like, well, that's part two. And you're like, was it? Yeah, fair enough. You know. All right. But uh, so that's that's this week. X to Eden. Probably one of the worst movies you could actually watch, but entertaining if you're with a group of friends with a six pack. Because a six pack will help everything. Six pack. (laughs) And you need all six (laughs) per person. Maybe a shot. Uh, I will say it was like it is one of those movies that you can sit down and watch with friends and just then just riff on it. Yeah, because there's no way you're you're watching this by yourself. you, You have to. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. And it's not are, a feel good movie. No, it's not a romantic movie. It's it's not quite a good movie. Good movie, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, but the 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 uh, the ending tagline. Oh, go ahead. Come on, you know you want it. I ready? Sure. Because this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quote. Yeah, this is the last words uttered in the movie. True love is the ultimate fantasy. Sure. You're welcome. I, you know what? I think Rosie had the right idea. When, they, when the guy was like, what's your ultimate fantasy? She's like, go home and pay my house. You know what? <laughs> that was true. I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to pay right. my house. How can I please you? Go pay my house. Yeah. That would please me. That's that would right. save me money. Do my dishes. Yeah. Oh, clean. <laughs> Make me breakfast. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> I want a slice of orange. <laughs> slice. <laughs> I guess as you get older, the fantasies get a little more easier. You know, my fantasy is a live-in housekeeper. Yeah, so it's like eh, live-in. Eh. I, I, you know, when you're young and in your twenties and you're stupid, you're like, oh, fantasy, oh, foursomes all the time. And then you get in your thirties, you're like, oh, man. do you think an island like this could actually exist? Oh, if it is, I'm buying a ticket. I mean, I know that there's <laughs> there's uh, the sandals and the there's there's this the, club med, right? And I know that there's there's clothing optional versions of those but I don't think they're in this kind of vein of uh, I think if there is an island full of BDS&M people it's not publicly known like you have to be in the world to know of said somebody google that and put it in the comments section I'm I'm asking for a friend no I I know that there are um, like you can join up on like uh, BDS&M websites and they have like weekends like certain clubs why do you know this I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, uh, you can, uh, like, weekend getaways where it's like, knock yourself out. Like, you know, really? do whatever you want. Sure. Hotels and, you know, um, it was like nudist colonies have, like, weird sex weekends and stuff. And, yeah. It's... 
Do you have to get a, a, a hemorrhoid check before you go I'm into pretty that? sure you should. I mean, if you're going to be out in the and wilderness. you turn your head and cough? A hernia check, not a hemorrhoid check. Hemorrhoid. Well, you know what? <laughs> Both are good to have checked. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, if you're going to go out and have anonymous sex in the forest, you better have all your shit. In the checked. 90s especially. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, too, but in the 90s especially. Salt and pepper. They told us it's all about sex. We need to, you know, talk about it. Yeah. Anyway. Listen to some Enigma and... You're on your own, man. Enigma, man. Slave to love. All right. That is us for this week. Uh, You know, you can find all of our terrible movie choices on PixelateGeekMovieIssues.com. Write in. Let us know. Do you like this movie? Is it terrible? It's fantastic. Do you know where the island is? And how much? All right. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs)